Section thirty nine of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce. Episode fifteen. Circe. Part one. The Mabbot Street entrance of Night Town, before which stretches an uncobbled tram siding set with skeleton tracks red and green will-o'-the-wisps and danger signals rows of grimy houses with gaping doors rare lamps with faint rainbow fins round rabbiotti's halted ice gondola stunted men and women squabble they grab wafers between which are wedged lumps of coral and copper snow sucking they scatter slowly children the swan comb of the gondola high reared forges on through the murk white and blue under a lighthouse whistles call and answer the calls wait my love and i'll be with you the answers round behind the stable a deaf mute idiot with goggle eyes his shapeless mouth dribbling jerks past shaken in st vitus dance a chain of children's hands imprisons him the children Kittog, salute. the idiot lifts a palsied left arm and gurgles Garahut. the children where's the great light the idiot gobbing Gargahest. they release him he jerks on a pygmy woman swings on a rope slung between two railings counting a form sprawled against a dustbin and muffled by its arm and hat snores groans grinding growling teeth and snores again on a step a gnome totting among a rubbish tip crouches to shoulder a sack of rags and bones a crone standing by with a smoky oil lamp rams her last bottle in the maw of his sack he heaves his booty tugs askew his peaked cap and hobbles off mutely the crone makes back for her lair swaying her lamp a bandy child a squat on the doorstep with a paper shuttlecock crawls sidling after her in spurts clutches her skirt scrambles up a drunken navvy grips with both hands the railings of an area lurching heavily at a corner two night watch in shoulder capes their hands upon their staff holsters loom tall a plate crashes a woman screams a child wails oaths of a man roar mutter cease figures wander lurk peer from warrens in a room lit by a candle stuck in a bottleneck a slut combs out the tats from the hair of a scrofulous child sissy caffrey's voice still young sings shrill from a lane i gave it to molly because she was jolly the leg of the duck the leg of the duck private carr and private compton swagger sticks tight in their oxters as they march unsteadily right about face and burst together from their mouths a volleyed fart laughter of men from the lane a hoarse virago retorts signs on you hairy ass 
more power to the cavern girl sissy caffrey more luck to me cavern coot hill and beltobet she sings i gave it to nelly to stick in her belly the leg of the duck the leg of the duck private carr and private compton turn counter retort their tunics blood bright in a lamp glow black sockets of caps on their blond cropped poles stephen dedalus and lynch pass through the crowd close to the redcoats private compton jerks his finger wave at the parson private carr turns and calls what o parson sissy caffrey her voice soaring higher she has it she got it wherever she put it the leg of the duck stephen flourishing the ash-plant in his left hand chants with joy the introit for pascal time lynch his jockey cap low on his brow attends him a sneer of discontent wrinkling his face stephen vidi aqua megridientem de templo alatere dextro alleluia the famished snaggle-tusks of an elderly board protrude from a doorway the board her voice whispering huskily come here till i tell you maidenhead inside Sst. stephen altia saliquantulum et omnis ad quos pervenit aqua ista the board spits in their trail her jet of venom trinity medicals fallopian tube i'll prick and no pence edie boardman sniffling crouched with bertha supple draws her shawl across her nostrils edie boardman bickering and says the one i've seen you at faithful place with your square pusher the greaser off the railway in his come-to-bed hat did you says i that's not for you to say says i you never seen me in the mandrap with a married islander says i the likes of her stag that one is stubborn as a mule and her walking with two fellows at one time kilbride the engine driver and lance corporal oliphant and says the one i've seen you at faithful place with your square pusher the greaser off the railway in his come-to-bed hat did you says i that's not for you to say says i you never seen me in the mandrap with a married islander says i the likes of her stag that one is stubborn as a mule and her walking with two fellows at one time kilbride the engine driver and lance corporal oliphant stephen triumphaliter salvi facti sunt he flourishes his ash-plant shivering the lamp image shattering light over the world a liver and white spaniel on the prowl slinks after him growling lynch scares it with a kick so that stephen looks behind so that gesture not music not odour would be a universal language the gifted tongues rendering visible not the lay sense but the first entelechy the structural rhythm lynch parnasophical philotheology metaphysics in mecklenburg street we have true written shakespeare and henpecked socrates even the all-wisest stagerite was bitted bridled and mounted by a light of love bah anyway who wants two gestures to illustrate a loaf and a jug this movement illustrates the loaf and jug of bread or wine in omar now hold my stick damn your yellow stick where are we going lecherous links to la belle dame sans merci georgina johnson ah damn qui certificate you ventutem ma'am stephen thrusts the ash-plant on him and slowly holds out his hands 
his head going back till both hands are a span from his breast, down-turned in planes intersecting, the fingers about to part, the left being higher. Which is the jug of bread? It skills not. That or the custom-house. Illustrate thou. Here, take your crutch and walk. They pass. Tommy Caffrey scrambles to a gas-lamp, and, clasping, climbs in spasms. From the top spur he slides down. Jackie Caffrey clasps to climb. The navvy lurches against the lamp. The twins scuttle off in the dark. The navvy, swaying, presses a forefinger against a wing of his nose, and ejects from the farther nostril a long liquid jet of snot. Shouldering the lamp, he staggers away through the crowd with his flaring cresset. Snakes of river fog creep slowly. From drains, clefts, cesspools, middens, arise on all sides stagnant fumes. A glow leaps in the south beyond the seaward reaches of the river. The navvy, staggering forward, cleaves the crowd and lurches towards the tram siding. On the farther side, under the railway bridge, Bloom appears, flushed, panting, cramming bread and chocolate into a side pocket. From Gillen's hairdresser's window, a composite portrait shows him gallant Nelson's image. A concave mirror at the side presents to him lovelorn, long-lost, lugubru, bulu, whom. Grave Gladstone sees him level, bloom for bloom. He passes, struck by the stare of truculent Wellington, but in the convex mirror grin unstruck the bonham eyes and fat chuck cheek chops of Jolly Poldy, the Ricksticks Doldy. At Antonio Pabayotti's door, Bloom halts, sweated under the bright arc lamp. He disappears. In a moment he reappears and hurries on. Bloom. Fish and taters. N.G. Ah. He disappears into Olhausen's, the pork butcher's, under the downcoming roll shutter. A few moments later he emerges from under the shutter, puffing poldy, blowing blue whom. In each hand he holds a parcel, one containing a lukewarm pig's crubine, the other a cold sheep's trotter, sprinkled with whole pepper. He gasps, standing upright. Then, bending to one side, he presses a parcel against his ribs, and groans. <sighs> Stitch in my side. Why did I run? He takes breath with care, and goes forward slowly towards the lamp-set siding. The glow leaps again. What is that? A flasher? Searchlight. He stands at Cormac's corner, watching. Aurora Borealis or a steel foundry? Ah, the brigade, of course. South side, anyhow. Big blaze. Might be his house. Beggar's bush. We're safe. He hums cheerfully. London's burning, London's burning. On fire, on fire. He catches sight of the navvy, lurching through the crowd at the farther side of Talbot Street. I'll miss him. Run, quick. Better cross here. He darts to cross the road. Urchins shout. Mind that, mister. Two cyclists with lighted paper lanterns a-swing. Swim by him, grazing him, their bells rattling. Halty, 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 all. 
bloom halts erect stung by a spasm ow he looks round darts forward suddenly through rising fog a dragon sand-strewer travelling at caution slews heavily down upon him its huge red headlight winking its trolley hissing on the wire the motorman bangs his foot gong bang bang blah back blood bug blue the brake cracks violently bloom raising a policeman's white-gloved hand blunders stiff-legged out of the track the motorman thrown forward pug-nosed on the guide-wheel yells as he slides past over chains and keys hey shed breeches are you doing the hat-trick bloom trick leaps to the curbstone and halts again he brushes a mud-flake from his cheek with a parcelled hand no thoroughfare close shave that but cured the stitch must take up sandow's exercises again on the hands down insure against street accident too the providential he feels his trouser pocket poor mamma's panacea he'll easily catch in track or bootlace in a cog day the wheel of the black maria peeled off my shoe at leonard's corner third time is the charm shoe trick insolent driver ought to report him tension makes him nervous might be the fellow balked me this morning with that horsey woman same style of beauty quick of him all the same the stiff walk true word spoken in jest that awful cramp in lad lane something poisonous i ate emblem of luck why probably lost cattle mark of the beast he closes his eyes an instant bit light in the head monthly or effect of the other brain fog fag that tired feeling too much for me now ow a sinister figure leans on plaited legs against aubairn's wall a visage unknown injected with dark mercury from under a wide-leaved sombrero the figure regards him with the evil eye bloom buenas noches senorita blanca que cale es esta the figure impassive raises a signal arm password thread mammoth ha <laughs> ha merci esperanto slan leith he mutters gaelic league spy sent by that fire-eater he steps forward a sack-shouldered ragman bars his path he steps left rag-sack man left i beg he swerves sidles step aside slips past and on keep to the right 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 if there is a signpost planted by the touring club at step aside who procured that public boon i who lost my way and contributed to the columns of the irish cyclist the letter headed in darkest step aside keep 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 to the right rags and bones at midnight a fence more likely first place murderer makes for wash off his sins of the world jackie caffrey hunted by tommy caffrey runs full tilt against bloom oh shocked on weak hams he halts tommy and jackie vanish there there bloom pats with parcelled hands watch fob pocket book pocket purse pocket sweets of sin potato soap bloom beware of pickpockets old thieves dodge 
collide, then snatch your purse. The retriever approaches, sniffing, nose to the ground. A sprawled form sneezes. A stooped, bearded figure appears, garbed in the long caftan of an elder in Zion, and a smoking cap with magenta tassels. Horned spectacles hang down at the wings of the nose. Yellow poison streaks are on the drawn face. Rudolph. Second half-grown. Waste money today. I told you not to go with drunken goy ever, so you catch no money. Bloom hides the crubbeen and trotter behind his back, and, crestfallen, feels warm and cold feet meet. Ya, ik wife, papati. What are you making down this place? Have you no soul? With feeble vulture talons, he feels the silent face of Bloom. Are you not my son, Leopold, the grandson of Leopold? Are you not my dear son, Leopold, who left the house of his father and left the god of his fathers, Abraham and Jacob? Bloom, with precaution. I suppose so, father. Mosenthal, all that's left of him. Rudolph, severely. One night they bring you home drunk as dog after spend your good money. What you call them running chaps? Bloom in youth's smart blue Oxford suit, with white vest slips, narrow-shouldered, in brown alpine hat, wearing gent's sterling silver Waterbury keyless watch, and double-curb Albert, with seal attached, one side of him coated with stiffening mud. Harrier's father, only that once. Once? Mud head to what? Cut your hand open, lock jaw. They make you kaput, Leopold Leben. You watch them, chaps. They challenged me to a sprint. Weakly. It was muddy. I slipped. Going nuggets. With contempt. Nice spectacles for your mother. Mama. Ellen Bloom. In pantomime dame's stringed mob cap. Widow Twankies crinoline and bustle. Blouse with mutton-leg sleeves buttoned behind, Grey mittens and cameo brooch, Her plaited hair in a crispine net, Appears over the staircase banisters, A slanted candlestick in her hand, And cries out in shrill alarm, Oh, blessed Redeemer, what have they done to him? My smelling salts! She hauls up a reef of skirt, And ransacks the pouch of her striped blay petticoat, Her file an Agnes Day, a shriveled potato, and a celluloid doll fall out. Sacred Heart of Mary, where were you at all, at all? Bloom, mumbling, his eyes downcast, begins to bestow his parcels in his filled pockets, but desists, muttering, a voice, sharply, Baldy! Bloom. Who? He ducks and wards off a blow clumsily. At your service. He looks up. Beside her mirage of date-palms, a handsome woman in Turkish costume stands before him. Opulent curves fill out her scarlet trousers and jacket, slashed with gold. A wide yellow cummerbund girdles her. A white yashmak, violet in the night, covers her face, leaving free only her large, dark eyes and raven hair. Bloom. Molly. Marion. Welly? Mrs. Marion, from this out, my dear man, when you speak to me. Satirically. 
has poor little hubby cold feet waiting so long bloom shifts from foot to foot no no not the least little bit he breathes in deep agitation swallowing gulps of air questions hopes crabines for her supper things to tell her excuse desire spellbound a coin gleams on her forehead on her feet are jewelled toe-rings her ankles are linked by a slender fetter chain beside her a camel hooded with a turreting turban waits a silk ladder of innumerable rungs climbs to his bobbing howdah he ambles near with disgruntled hindquarters fiercely she slaps his haunch her gold curb wrist bangles angrilling scolding him in moorish nebarkada femininum the camel lifting a foreleg plucks from a tree a large mango fruit offers it to his mistress blinking in his cloven hoof then droops his head and grunting with uplifted neck fumbles to kneel bloom stoops his back for leapfrog i can give you i mean as your business manager mrs marion if you so you notice some change her hands passing slowly over her trinketed stomacher a slow friendly mockery in her eyes oh poly poly you're a poor old stick in the mud go and see life see the wide world i was just going back for that lotion white wax orange flower water shop closes early on thursday but the first thing in the morning he pats diverse pockets this moving kidney ah he points to the south then to the east a cake of new clean lemon soap arises diffusing light and perfume we're a capital couple our bloom and i he brightens the earth i polish the sky the freckled face of swaney the druggist appears in the disc of the soap sun yes from my wife mrs marion special recipe marion softly poldy yes ma'am in disdain she saunters away plump as a pampered pouter pigeon humming the duet from don giovanni are you sure about that volio i mean the pronunciation he follows followed by the sniffing terrier the elderly board seizes his sleeve the bristles of her chin mole glittering the board ten shillings a maidenhead fresh thing was never touched fifteen there's no one in it only her old father that's dead drunk she points in the gap of her dark den furtive rain-bedraggled bridey kelly stands bridey hatch street any good in your mind with a squeak she flaps her bat shawl and runs a burly rough pursues with booted strides he stumbles on the steps recovers plunges into gloom weak squeaks of laughter are heard weaker the board her wolf eyes shining he's getting his pleasure you won't get a virgin in the flash houses ten shillings don't be all night before the police in plain clothes sees us sixty-seven is a bitch leering gertie mcdowell limps forward she draws from behind ogling and shows coyly her bloodied clout with all my worldly goods i thee and thou she murmurs 
You did that. I hate you. Bloom. I? When? You're dreaming. I never saw you. The board. Leave the gentleman alone, you cheat. Writing the gentleman false letters. Street walking and soliciting. Better for your mother take the strap to you at the bedpost, hussy like you. Gertie, to Bloom. When you saw all the secrets of my bottom drawer. She pours his sleeve, slobbering. Dirty married man. I love you for doing that to me. She glides away, crookedly. Mrs. Breen, in man's frieze overcoat, with loose bellows pockets, stands in the causeway, her roguish eyes wide open, smiling in all her herbivorous buck teeth. Mrs. Breen. Mr. <coughs> Madam, when we last had this pleasure by letter dated the sixteenth instant. Mr. Bloom, you down here in the haunts of sin. I caught you noisily. Scum. Not so loud my name. Whatever do you think of me? Don't give me away. Walls have ears. How do you do? It's ages since I... You're looking splendid. Absolutely it. Seasonable weather we are having this time of year. Black refracts heat. Shortcut home here. Interesting quarter. Rescue of fallen women. Magdalen Asylum. I am the secretary. Now don't tell a big fib. Holds up a finger. I know somebody won't like that. Oh, just wait till I see Morley. Slyly. Account for yourself this very minute, or woe betide you. Bloom looks behind. She often said she'd like to visit. Slumming. The exotic, you see. Negro servants in livery, too, if she had money. Othello, black brute. Eugene Stratton. Even the bones and corner man at the livery more Christie's. Bohe brothers, sweep for that matter. Tom and Sam Bohe. Coloured coons in white duck suits, scarlet socks, upstarched sambo chokers, and large scarlet asters in their buttonholes, leap out. Each has his banjo slung. Their paler, smaller negroid hands jingle the twing-twang wires. Flashing white kaffir eyes and tusks, they rattle through a breakdown in clumsy clogs. Twinging, singing, back-to-back, toe-heel, heel-toe, with smack-fat, clacking nigger lips. There's someone in the house with Dinah. There's someone in the house I know. There's someone in the house with Dinah. Playing on the old banjo. They whisk black masks from raw babby faces. Then... Chuckling, chortling, trumming, twanging, they diddle-diddle cakewalk dance away. Bloom, with a sour, tenderish smile. A little frivol, shall we, if you are so inclined? Would you like me, perhaps, to embrace you just for a fraction of a second? Mrs. Bream screams gaily. Oh, you rock! You ought to see yourself! For old sake's sake, I only meant a square party, a mixed marriage mingling of our different little conjugals. You know I had a soft corner for you. Gloomily. Twas I sent you that valentine of the dear gazelle. Glory, Alice, you two look a holy show, killing simply. She puts out her hand inquisitively. But you're hiding behind your back. Tell us, there's a dear. Bloom seizes her wrist with his free hand. Josie Powell, that was, prettiest Deb in Dublin. How time flies by. Do you remember, harking back in a retrospective arrangement? Old Christmas night, Georgina Simpson's housewarming, while they were playing the Irving Bishop game, 
finding the pin blindfold and thought reading subject what is in this snuff box you were the lion of the night with your serial comic recitation and you looked apart you were always a favour of the ladies bloom squire of dames in dinner jacket with watered silk facings blue masonic badge in his buttonhole black bow and mother-of-pearl studs a prismatic champagne glass tilted in his hand ladies and gentlemen i give you ireland home and beauty the dear dead days beyond recall loves also its song bloom meaningfully dropping his voice i confess i am teapot with curiosity to find out whether some person something is a little teapot at present mrs breen gushingly tremendously teapot and i'm simply teapot all over me she rubs sides with him after the parlour mystery games and the crackers from the tree we sat in the staircase ottoman under the mistletoe to his company bloom wearing a purple napoleon hat with an amber half-moon his fingers and thumb passing slowly down to her soft moist meaty palm which she surrenders gently the witching hour of night i took the splinter out of his hand carefully slowly tenderly as he slips on her finger a ruby ring la si darem la mano mrs breen in a one-piece evening frock executed in moonlight blue a tinsel sylph's diadem on her brow with her dance-card fallen beside her moon-blue satin slipper curves her palm softly breathing quickly volio you're hot you're scalding till i've had nearest the heart when you made your present choice they said it was beauty and the beast i can never forgive you for that his clenched fist at his brow think what it means all you meant to me then hoarsely woman it's breaking me dennis breen white tall hatted with wisdom healy's sandwich boards shuffles past them in carpet slippers his dull beard thrust out muttering to right and left little alf bergen coated in the pall of the ace of spades dogs him to left and right doubled in laughter alf bergen points jeeringly at the sandwich boards you pay up mrs breen to bloom high drinks below stairs she gives him the glad eye why didn't you kiss the spot to make it well you wanted to bloom shocked molly's best friend could you mrs breen her pulpy tongue between her lips offers a pigeon kiss hm? the answer is a lemon have your little present for me there bloom off-handedly kosher a snack for supper the home without potted meat is incomplete i was at leah mrs bandman palmer trenchant exponent of shakespeare unfortunately threw away the program rattling good place round there for pig's feet feel ritchie goulding three ladies hats pinned on his head appears weighted to one side by the black legal bag of collis and ward on which a skull and crossbones are painted in white lime wash he opens it and shows it full of polonies kippered herrings findon haddies and tight-packed pills ritchie best value and dub bald pat bothered beetle stands on the curbstone folding his napkin waiting to wait pat advances with a tilted dish of spill-spilling gravy 
steak and kidney, bottle of lager, <laughs> wait till I wait. Richie. Good God, in in all. With hanging head, he marches doggedly forward. The navvy lurching by gores him with his flaming pronghorn. Richie, with a cry of pain, his hand to his back. Ah, bright light. Bloom points to the navvy. A spy. Don't attract attention. I hate stupid crowds. I am not on pleasure bent. I am in a grave predicament. Mrs. Breen. Humbugging and delivering as per usual with a cock and ball story. I want to tell you a little secret about how I came to be here, but you must never tell. Not even Molly. I have a most particular reason. Mrs. Breen. All agog. Oh, not for worlds. Let's walk on, shall us? Let's. The board makes an unheeded sign. Bloom walks on with Mrs. Breen. The terrier follows, whining piteously, wagging his tail. The board. Jew-man's melt. Bloom, in an oatmeal sporting suit, a sprig of woodbine in the lapel, tony buff shirt, shepherd's plaid St. Andrew's cross scarfty, white spats, fawn dust coat on his arm, tawny red brogues, field glasses in bandolier and a grey billycock hat. Do you remember a long time, years and years ago, just after Millie, marionette we called her, was weaned when we all went together to fairy house races, was it? Mrs. Breen. In smart sax tailor-made, white velour hat and spider veil. Leopardstown. I mean Leopardstown. And Molly won seven shillings on a three-year-old named Nevertell, and coming home along by Fox Rock in that old five-seater Shanderadon of a wagonette you were in your heyday then and you had on that new hat of white velours with a surround of mole fur that Mrs. Hayes advised you to buy because it was marked down to nineteen and eleven, a bit of wire and an old rag of velveteen, and I'll lay you what you like she did it on purpose. She did, of course, the cat. Don't tell me, nice adviser. Because it didn't suit you one quarter as well as the other ducky little tammy toque with the bird of paradise wing in it that I admired on you, and you honestly looked just too fetching in it. Though it was a pity to kill it, you cruel, naughty creature, little mite of a thing with a heart the size of a full stop. Mrs. Breen squeezes his arm, simpers. Not it cruel I was. Bloom, low, secretly, ever more rapidly. And Molly was eating a sandwich of spiced beef out of Mrs. Joe Gallagher's lunch basket. Frankly, though, she had her advisers or admirers. I never cared much for her style. She was... Cho. Yes. And Molly was laughing because Rogers and Maggot O'Reilly were mimicking a cock as we passed a farmhouse, and Marcus Tertius Moses, the tea merchant, drove past us in a gig with his daughter. Dancer Moses was her name, and the poodle in her lap bridled up, and you asked me if I ever heard or read or knew or came across. Yes, 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 yes. End of section 39